0: The story is of an average British guy named Arthur that ends up on a rather incredible journey throughout the universe. His journey unfortunately is caused by the fact that the Earth is minutes from being destroyed to make way for an intergalactic highway. And in that impending destruction, Arthur is taken away from the planet by an alien named Ford Prefect. On this journey, Arthur learns that Ford is a writer and contributor to something called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This guidebook doesn't so much tell you how to get to places, but rather is like an encyclopedia that you can look up and learn about different cultures or helpful tips about things that you find. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is not the only guidebook available in the universe, but it is the bestseller, and a major contributing factor to its sales is that it has the phrase, don't panic, in large letters on the cover. I want you to hold on to that phrase, because this is a sermon about the E-word, evangelism. But don't panic can't really talk about the the book of Acts without talking about evangelism. It really is the whole motif. It tells the story about how a fledgling church moves from Jerusalem out into the world, from Pentecost to Stephen and Philip to Paul's many journeys. Acts gives us not so much a guidebook of how to get from point A to point B in evangelism, but it does give us some helpful tips. So if we were to look at Acts like our Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and we were to look up the word evangelism, one of the things we might get is this speech from Paul. The speech from Paul at Athens is one of his longest in the book of Acts. It's one of three of the great missionary speeches that he gives, and it is the only speech that is made to an audience of non-believers. So. What do we get about evangelism from Paul at the Areopagus? (laughs) Don't panic is a good first step in evangelism. Paul has not been received well. He has arrived in Athens after being run out of two other cities for his preaching. And when he gets to Athens, he talks, discusses, and debates with not just Jews, but with philosophers. And for all of his words, he is simply called a babbler. So being brought to the Areopagus, which is a location in the city but is also a tribunal, is not necessarily a good thing. This, after all, is the location and court that had tried Socrates and sentenced him to death for enticing the Athenians' young people to believe to new gods. Another thing that we learned from Paul at Athens about evangelism is that to be an evangelist you must pay attention. Paul had been upset to discover that Athens was filled with idols. The Greek phrase here actually calls up an image of the city filled with a forest of idols. But as we get into Paul's speech we learn that he didn't just gloss over those idols or ignored them, he studied them And by studying them, he discovered that one idol among all these others was an idol to the unknown God. In this time in Athens and in his speech, Paul recognizes that the people of Athens are religious, and by paying attention to the idol to the unknown God, he acknowledges that already existing in Athens is a desire to know God. We also learn from Paul when you're in Athens you should speak Greek. When you read this passage in a study Bible you notice something curious. Absent from this passage are all those little footnotes and cross references to other parts of the Bible. You will not find a reference to the Psalms or the prophets what you find is is that Paul is quoting philosophers and poets that would have been known to his Greek audience. The now familiar phrase, in him we live and move and have our being, comes not from the Psalms, but from Stoic poetry. Paul is speaking in a language that the people in Athens can understand. We also learn from Paul that to be an evangelist We must be authentic no matter the cost. Paul can use all the Greek he wants to, but he cannot avoid the gospel. The gospel is going to sound strange to Stoics and Epicureans. The message that God is calling all people to a life of repentance, that God will judge all people in righteousness, And that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead and that we can live a life of resurrection is always going to sound strange. But we have to own it because that is who we are. Perhaps one of the most important things we learn from Paul is that sometimes success doesn't mean what we think it does. In the church today, we measure success of our evangelism by the number of baptisms or the people in the pews. By those standards, Paul was certainly a failure in Athens. The result of Paul's speech in Athens is that some scoffed, some said they would listen again, and just a few became believers The passage describes Paul as debating with folks in Athens, and in our current culture and understanding of debate and evangelism, we assume that there must be a winner or a loser or someone that is right or wrong. But the Greek verb that is used here is not a debate of harsh words, but is an exchange of ideas amongst equals. Paul was successful at the Areopagus because folks listened because some would listen again. Success wasn't winning, it was having the conversation in the first place. Finally, we learn from Paul at the Areopagus that the church does not have the last word on God. Paul describes a God that is out in the world, a God that already lives in the world of the Athenians. God didn't show up in Athens when Paul arrived. For Paul, it is a God that is not contained or defined by human hands, by gold or silver or temples or idols, and just as God is not defined in those terms, he is not limited to the confines of our churches and sacraments. Some folks would have us believe that we live in a godless world, that the ever-increasing pluralism of society is pushing God out, And that the lack of folks sitting in the pews on Sunday morning means that the world has stopped believing that the church is about to be destroyed to build another highway. But surveys and polls show something different. While church attendance is down, while trust in organized religion is decreasing, 70% of the population still believes in a God and a majority of them still pray. We are called upon as a people of faith to share the good news, to even evangelize. We are not going out into a godless world. We are in a world that is filled with desire and belief in God, and our job, like Paul's, is to figure out how to let go of things that make us babblers, to come to people respecting them in their experience, and to have conversations without expectations. So perhaps at the beginning of Acts, we should have the words in large letters, don't panic. God is not what has to be carried to the world. God is already in the world, and our job is to follow.